From the fabulous WSUM Madison Studios, it's Do It Live, hosted by the Do It Geeks. Today's topic is green computing and recycling your technology responsibly. How you get all of your broken down gear out to the curb, but not in the landfill. Joining us in studio from Duet's green team, Judy Caruso and Chris Hopp. Along with our regular geeks, Ty Christian, Teresa Saldana, and Adam Wiesenfard. And now, broadcasting live and local on 91.7 FM and streaming worldwide on WSUM.org, please help me welcome my co-host, Ty Christian. Hey, welcome to Do It Live, the most connected radio show on the planet. And we are here, live in the studio, on a wonderful Thursday to talk tech tenaciously for this hour. How's it going, Teresa? Things are going great. All right. Also with me, of course, as always, is our fearless uh, board leader, Adam. How you doing, sir? Very, very good. Sorry, having a little moment over here. Yeah, you're rocking out over <laughs> there. You're rocking out to this. times. Yeah. <laughs> love, do- love doing the radio thing. All right. So today we're going to be talking about green technology, about uh, keeping things nice and green, nice and power, power safety, power free, or I guess not power free, but but low power it's consumption low power. is <laughs> power free. Power free. <laughs> and we're going to be talking about axes, you know, axes and owls. We're going back to the old technology. Have to, to get out your candles. Yeah, get out candles. A little bit of that. Uh, the drip water clock. One yeah. of the two. Yeah. But before we do that, normally we do news at the top of the hour. That's right. But this time we have a special guest in the studio here. Uh, our interim CIO, Joanne Berg, also known as the busiest woman on campus. That's right. How you doing, Miss Joanne Berg? <laughs> I'm doing just great. Glad thank, to be here. Thank you. So, so tell us a little bit about what your office does. Um, which one? No. I, um, <laughs> okay. So, so what did you do before you were our interim CIO? Well, I'm currently serving in two roles. I am the vice provost for enrollment management. So that's admissions, financial aid, the registrar's office, and ISIS, which is the student information system. Mm-hmm. So, in my uh, CIO role, I am um, uh, over at Do It a lot. I also have an office in Bascom, mm-hmm. and. Uh, what does my office do? We're looking at strategic planning mostly. Ah, oh, strategic okay. Planning. And, strategic and why planning. do we have to do that? I, I read something about in your column about we have to be prepared for stuff. We do. We have to be prepared because that's what strategic planning is all about, is being prepared for the inevitable and being flexible and uh, agile. I think that's the key word of the year mm. is ad- agile or agility. So what sort of uh, scenarios do you plan for? Um, well, it's impossible to say, um, you know, we can plan for um, building disasters. So building goes down. What does that mean? We can plan for pandemic uh, disasters. And so it always depends. And you have to decide, is the scenario going to be more about human resources mm. and providing services? So that would be, for instance, in the pandemic response and being prepared, we'd have to make sure we have the people who are trained and ready to take over what needs to get done. Uh, in a building kind of disaster, we have a whole tiered approach as to how we're going to approach the disaster. So for instance, 
if a tornado strikes, we have to make sure that our network is running. We have to make sure that the campus emergency operations center, which is run through a police department, um, has all of the technical support that they need and email and chat and calendaring and the web and all of that is up and running. Um, so there is a whole tier, uh, a whole program of tier support, I guess you'd call it, that would uh, uh, make us prepared for just about anything. And so one of the ways that we do that is we don't just rely on having one location. We have one main location at Computer Sciences, mm -hmm. but we have a backup data center, too. We do, yes. And we also have lots of different ways to get to the Internet. So if one piece of the country gets mm -hmm. run through by a tornado, yes, we can route our Internet from another piece of the country. Exactly, yes. Or if there's an earthquake followed by a tsunami from like Lake Monona. <laughs> <laughs> tsunami from Lake Monona? Yeah, a Monona be, tsunami. That would be, be like really a, fascinating. That'd be like a light misting. I, think. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what would happen to the terrace chair. Oh, oh. They, they're, they're pretty hardy. I think they they'd are. survive pretty yeah. well. That's right. I don't think that's my responsibility. Though. That's good. What Can you tell us some of the other things, though, that you're planning for? So we were talking about pandemic. Mm -hmm. And... One of the things that people may not think about is that one of the easiest things to do is to just telecommute, right? Correct, right. And we provide the infrastructure upon which mm -hmm. you can do that, and we have to maintain that and make sure that that runs. Exactly. So um, in terms of telecommuting, there's the, all the work that needs to be done and that you can do it from home and making sure the computers that are at your home are secure and ready and connected. Uh, that's all one part of it. But another key part of our mission is, of course, uh, teaching and research. So right. um, making sure that the um, teaching uh, mission of the university, that we're, we're able to do that so that faculty members who can't get into a class can use Learn at UW or an instance of Moodle, for instance, to connect with their students. And, um, and students will obviously um, have their laptop or their computer, and they're able to have the class so that we have a continuity of instruction plan that's all ready to rock and roll that has key uh, elements of, of IT in it. I didn't know we were Moodle enabled. Um, there. <laughs> yes, what's this Moodle thing we're talking it's, about? Uh, it's a content management system, if I'm correct, right? It's a course management system, oh, yeah. yeah. It's open source. So um, the Do It doesn't run Moodle. Um, but it, there are a number of instances on campus, um, engineering and um, education, several different, uh, LNS has several instances of it. Hmm. That's mm -hmm. great. Mm -hmm. So we're basically looking at, in a pandemic situation, more of like a, a virtual campus. So we're, we're relying less on physical resources mm -hmm. and, and relying more on our technology to be able to keep things running without possibly being here. Exactly. So one of the big questions is how long can you do that? Mm. So, uh, and you do need people because mm -hmm. you need to make sure that there's somebody in the network center right. and that is looking at the screen that says, yes, we still have network. Exactly. <laughs> right. Yes, all our servers are still running. We still have power. So in an, a pandemic instance, you have to make sure that there's enough cross training involved so that people can, you know, get sick, for instance, right. and, and the network stays up and running. <laughs> Do we have any sort of like alerting system for, you know, if there's a pandemic or anything like mm -hmm. that? Well, it we wouldn't want to uh, send out like text messages if somebody had the flu, but we, <laughs> um, we do send a lot of email communications. And if there's ever anything that's out there, there's lots of uh, 
of web support um, by both UW Communications and then by the CIO and do its communications folks. So they're real good at getting all that information out. And then a pandemic, if that were to happen, really happens in pockets. So for instance, there could be some people in do it that gets get the flu and then some students over in Og Hall. That's not going to shut the campus down, but then we'll start to realize that we might have to do something called social distancing, which would allow us to kick in some of the um, uh, telecommuting, for instance, and, and using Moodle or Learn at UW without the face-to-face -face interaction. Um, so that's, that's one of the things. And um, then in, if in uh, um, another instance, there would be um, a tornado, for instance, then there's text messaging capability. And the UW Police Department goes ahead and they do that. That's the, the whisk alert The stuff. whisk alert. Yep. yep. Exactly. So hopefully people have signed up for that and uh, get the whisk alerts. And that's when there's really something bad happening. Something bad, yeah. Mm -hmm. Which is... It's not good that something bad's happening, but it's good to be prepared and to be able to alert people that there really is something going right. down. Right, and there's always this question as to when should those alerts go out because it's you don't want people to panic either. So you want to make sure that they're aware that they maybe shouldn't go into a particular area so that you're really it's about safety, not just about always information. Yeah, that's, I think, pretty common in pandemic situations or any, any kind of any emergency kind of that... The lines of communication that are open get mm -hmm. flooded. I think I remember during our last snow day mm -hmm. uh, when it was nice. announced that uh, the university would be shutting down uh, classes that the whisk.edu homepage went down. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Ouch. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's true. <laughs> so, uh, you know, speaking of different uh, communications and, and, and things like that that we can put out if there's a pandemic, what, what sort of things can students either do or, you know, look for, for more information or to prepare themselves for uh, this sort of a scenario? Well, I think that staying connected as much as possible. We do um, email, like I said, and uh, there's lots of stuff on the web, but also all the social networking uh, sites. So Twitter, for instance, uh, Facebook, uh, we make sure all of those are updated and uh, being pushed out to, to the UW uh, folks. So, so that's key. But I think taking some personal responsibility, so it's not always about the IT necessarily making something happen, but making sure that you're taking some responsibility for, for instance, backing up your computer. So that can be done in a number of different ways, but you might just want to thumb drive, put some important files on the thumb drive or email stuff to yourself or do, do something that's, that's really going to back up what you have because you just, you just never know. And I think a lot of people wait too long and don't think anything is going to happen to them. It always happens to someone else. And so uh, really that's, that's probably the key part is, is that personal responsibility. Yeah, it, it only you only really start backing up once you start losing data. <laughs> exactly. And that's, you know, across the board in every kind of security discussion I've had is that people don't really think it's going to happen to them. Yeah, and what I'm telling people now is if you don't have two backups of your data, you don't have enough of them. Right, I agree. That's true. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And, you know, a, a lot of people would also use or, you know, maybe primarily use my web space for... Um, for backing up their data. Mm -hmm. And if they only have my web space, I mean, they got to think about the scenario. Yep. What if my web space went down? That's right. What if we had yep. a huge data loss or something like that? So, yeah. Mm -hmm. 
I think a lot of people get overwhelmed with the idea of backup. They they think it might be something that I need a techie to do for me, yeah. and uh, they don't really stop to think that it might just be emailing something to myself or um, putting it on a thumb drive, um, you know, sending it to my mom, you know, <laughs> <laughs> right? Um, just something, and and I think that they. Um, they're worried about the organization, or they might have everything mm-hmm. in one big lump file mm-hmm. uh, instead of broken down into folders that you know that you don't really need to back up everything. You might have to really back up just some important things. Yeah, we've got a we- on our website, we're going to have our Tech 101 podcasts, mm-hmm. and one of the first ones we're going to put up there is about backing up your computer and how easy it really can be. That's great. So That's you should great. check out our website at www.doit.wist.edu forward slash radio and go to our podcast section. We'll have our Tech 101 podcasts there. Perfect. And and do you have a website, Joanne, that you'd like to refer people to? I do. We have uh, one at the uh, CIO website. Mm-hmm. Um, what is that? It's, um, a, it's CIO.wisc.edu. CIO. Yeah, CIO. <laughs> there you go. Thank you, Adam. No problem. <laughs> now jo- music should play. <laughs> Joanne Berg joining us in the studio today. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. Yeah. Many thanks to Joanne Berg for being here today. Uh, Welcome back to Do It Live. It's uh, the most connected radio show on the planet. I don't, don't know if it uh, seems like we're having some microphone issues today. Maybe, maybe I just sound like a robot in real life. <laughs> no, you're, you're not sounding so hot, Ty. So. Uh, anyhow, we're, welcome to the most connected radio show on the planet. And uh, we are here to take your calls. Uh, we are, are here to be your technical resource here. You can call us right up right now at 608-515-8768. That's 608-515-8768. And you can go to our website right now, radio at doit.wist. Oh, sorry, that's our email, radio at doit.wist.edu. You can email us right now in the studio, and we will get your email and read it on the air and try and answer your tech question, radio at doit.wist.edu. And I'm back. Oh. And Ty's back. Yeah. So Maybe. <laughs> and we also have Teresa Saldana in the studio with us. How are you doing, Teresa? I'm doing great. Hey, good good to have you. Thanks for being here. And uh, we've also got Chris Hopp joining us from the Do It Green team. How are you doing, sir? I'm very well. Thanks for having me. Oh, we're, we're pleased to have you. Thanks so much. Um, and yeah. and what are we going to talk about with you today? You have uh, some green things. Earth Day's coming up, right? Yeah, Earth Day's coming up and talking about green IT on campus and, and the enterprise and also at the desktop. Okay. Cool. Well, before we get into all that sort of fun jazz, uh, just like we do every show, and the thing that we skipped over at the top of the show, of course, is Teresa Saldana <laughs> with the news. Oh, yeah. She's got the news. All right, so I read this article a couple days ago and found out that apparently the iPhone 5 is not launching in June. No! Now, for anyone who's an iPhone fan, or even, I guess, for those who are not iPhone fans, I do try to avoid noise about it. I wanted an iPhone so bad. I really did. Yeah, the last four iPhones came out in June, but the fifth one will not be coming out. Apparently, the Worldwide Developers Conference, which is where they usually uh, announce... The new iPhone release uh, is going to be based is going to be focused on software this year and not hardware. So how how long am I going to have to wait for another iPhone? Well, they're thinking fall. Ah. Oh. So it's not as if they're putting it off till next year, but it's not coming out when I guess with the precedent that they've set. So I've been waiting for nothing. So I could have just gone into the Verizon store and be like, "So I would like to buy an iPhone. Take my money." Well, you could still just wait another couple months. <laughs> <sighs> I guess I could. I guess I could. I know folks usually 
plan their, especially their Apple purchases around release dates of the next product. Yeah. But uh, no, you if you want to go ahead and buy one now, go ahead. See, I've got two things in my pocket, and I just want one. And I guess, well, I, I, I want to wait till the new one comes out, but I don't want to wait till fall. Ugh. So anyway. It's a long time. Let's go to the next news story. What do All you right. Got? So uh, next thing is, uh, well, I guess we'll, since I'm on the topic of rollouts, uh, I saw an article recently that says that uh, Nintendo Wii titles are dropping off in, in numbers for how many are coming out Uh-oh. recently because they think that the Wii 2 is on the way. Ooh, numbers. So <laughs> Do you think they'll call it Wii 2? Wii 2. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Oh lord. Oh. Hey, uh, I do ha- I've got a Wii One. Oh nice. Hey, um, you know we actually have to play a quick public service announcement here, but we will be right back with Do It Live. Hi, this is Matt. You're listening to student-supported community radio on ninety-one-seven WSUM Madison, the Snake on the Lake at WSUM.org. Yes. 
to do it live we wanted to uh, chat with the folks here in the studio we've got ourselves judy caruso who's coming in here and judy's a member of the campus green team and can you tell us judy a little bit about how that all started yes uh our, our former cio wanted to start a environmental sustainability with information technology kind of team so we as a part of our our policy work on campus uh, asked for volunteers for people from across campus who would be interested in working on green IT issues. Mm. And we launched an initiative that we call Red, White, and Green Computing at UW-Madison. Well, that's nifty. That's cool, yeah. So what exactly does the green team focus on? We started by dividing technology into four areas. One was data centers, and there's a different group on campus working on that, so we put that aside. Mm -hmm. The second one was the whole area of personal devices and LANs, stuff that we are using personally every day, and what could we do with technology to make it more green. Um, and then electronic waste was one area. This mm -hmm. is uh, recycling, et cetera, and reuse. Uh, and then also using computers uh, to reduce our carbon footprint. This can be things like using the computer to not have a class session, but to do everything online. Oh. Those kinds of activities. Oh, how to change our practices in and order to use technology. So what other kinds of things is the Campus Green team involved with? Well, one of our key areas, of course, is education. Um, telling people about things to do. Uh, we have a website called Red, White, and Green um, under the WISTUDY.EDU CIO website. So you could go there and look for things. We uh, have some tips. We have also uh, had some initiatives with student groups, um, trying to build student awareness about recycling and reuse of IT and cutting things. Uh, we've also uh, did some recycling initiatives. We've helped the Do It Store, for example, uh, has a recycling program right now for computers. You can bring in... Um, not only your office computers, but your personal computers to the, the do-it-tech store and, and help desk, and it will be recycled. Cool. Um, we also have improved some of the information on the knowledge base. For instance, there's articles on power management and the various kinds of computers you might have. Because computers do take up energy even while they're off to a certain extent. Correct. And a lot of people just leave their office computers on sometimes overnight and over the weekend, and that's really not necessary for most people. Uh, yeah, and there's some new opportunities, too, for Wake on Land. For those who are worried about working at home, there are some more options that were than were available even a few years ago. Mm -hmm. uh, the other thing is is that there's some uh, misinformation out there. They think that a screensaver actually saves power, and of course it doesn't. <laughs> uh, and, 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 then, and then there's variations on sleep mode which don't really necessarily save power. Right. You were talking about Wake Online. Could you explain to our, uh, to our listeners exactly what that is? 
of course, I don't know the details, okay. <laughs> but it's basically your computer is off and um, you send it a signal that I want to come in remotely and the software will turn everything on that needs to be on. Obviously, your monitor doesn't need to be on, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but the computer itself needs to be awake. So if you were at home and you said, hey, I need to connect to my office computer, you could just send a signal through the internet to tell it to turn on even though it was off? Correct. Oh, that's cool. We've also put together... Uh, on our website, something about battery recycling on campus. Very at, important. Including all batteries. We've done the homework on everything that you might find from your smallest calculator type to obviously the ones that you would find in your computer. So how to recycle it on campus. Uh, facilities planning and management does a lot of the recycling. Um, some things just go in the trash because there mm-hmm. isn't a good way to Recycle them. Right, because batteries, like the ink cartridges for printers, can also be toxic if they get into the environment. That's yeah, why it, it's important to recycle yeah. them. Yeah, well, there are all these different kinds of batteries. Right. And so you can find And it's out- difficult to know which ones you can recycle and which ones you can't. Our website does have a nice spreadsheet about all the battery types and how you should dispose of them and where they might be used because sometimes people are confused by what battery they have in their hand. Right. So you're really also trying to do a lot of outreach to get your message out about all of the green initiatives that are going on on campus and the good things you can do with your technology. Uh, Yeah, that's really probably the most important thing we can do is help people with their in their personal life, making uh, cognizant of, of being more green with their technology use on a day-to-day basis. Right. I think the most important thing that we can all do is just, um, there's a lot written in this area about being more green with your technology use, and is kind of get yourself up to speed on some of those tips and just start incorporating them on a day-to-day basis. Well, gee, Judy, thanks for coming in with us. Yeah, thank you. Thanks very much. And your website again is cio.wisc.edu slash greenIT, right? Yes, thank you for having me. All right, and we're back uh, with Do It Live. So uh, in the studio here with us, we've got uh, Chris Hopp of the Campus Green Team. Is that is that right? That's Cam- right. All right. Chris, tell us a little bit about the Campus Green team and what you guys do. Well, you know, we've started up, as Judy was saying, you know, around um, green IT initiatives. And there, there was four main areas that people were looking at. Um, some of it was more enterprise focused, so data, big data centers, big servers. But, you know, we were finding this middle ground of people not really knowing what they could do at a personal level to be able to bring savings of energy to, to their desktop. So really we kind of formed around that concept, and for about the last year we've been trying to do more of an education mission on campus to, to drive that. And, and so you started doing server-related stuff, but it also sort of morphed into people and their own personal IT devices and stuff like that. Exactly, exactly. That's where a lot of the savings can happen outside of the data center. So what are you doing at this point to help educate people, and what kind of ideas are you putting forth for them? Well, that's a great question. So there's a lot of different initiatives on campus, right, around sustainability and environmental awareness. And so part of the mission, I think, of this group was really just sort of tap into those those areas and help feed them the education pieces that we could then uh, share with them, and they could go out and promote on campus. So we started working with a lot of the student groups on campus that were focused around ener- uh, energy efficiency or environmental awareness, uh, and things like the sustainability at UW, 
uh, project. And in fact, I don't know if you guys know this, but Greenpeace actually ranked the campus number five in sustainability in the country. Oh, I wow. I did not know that. That's yeah. pretty no, good. Didn't so, know that. So obviously we don't have to do anymore, right? We're, we're all done? Yeah, we're number know? five. Yeah, we're, we're, we're number five. <laughs> we're number five. We're number five. No, seriously, though, and, you know, that group has really put in a lot of effort to try to identify other areas on campus where we could improve even more. And obviously IT is a big one that keeps coming up in a lot of areas. Yeah, and and we were talking a little bit earlier in our pre-show. You can go on our uh, website, folks. Uh, we've got a great one. It's www.doit.wisc.edu forward slash radio. It's doit, division of information technology, dot W-I-S-C, Wisconsin, dot E-D-U, edutainment. That's what we're here doing, <laughs> slash radio. And we've got pre-show podcasts, and eventually we'll have Chris up on our, our pre-show mm-hmm. section. Uh, but we were talking about servers, and one of the things that I found fascinating was that the amount of power that you put into running a computer server is almost the same amount of power you take to actually chill the room to be cold enough for that server to run efficiently. Definitely. I mean, we, we have basement locations for a lot of these data centers on campus, and you can't just pop open the window and hope that the cold air comes in to take away all the hot air. Not unless so. it's about 10 degrees <laughs> outside and you have lots of fans. And Which we have done in some data centers. Know, you know, we've, we've taken some down in the middle of winter and piped in the cold outside air to... to take over for the chillers that were out, were not uh, in use at the moment. Oh, yeah, that's how they do the data centers up north, don't you know? Yeah, they just open right. up the window there, and uh, no problem. Just let it go right through. <laughs> then you eat the loot fish. It's perfect. Yeah, Winnipeg, eh? Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, one of the big things on campus, obviously, is the cost savings around uh, energy use uh, in data centers. And so we have data centers all over campus. There's there's closets, there's under desks, and then there's the bigger ones like Dewitt has. Widmere has a nice new one. There's a nice new one out of the medical school. And a lot of the focus in those data centers has been two things. One, how do we make sure we cool it enough and give it enough power? You know, we have some areas on campus that can't get the power they need to, to build a server uh, room because they can't get enough uh, cooling into that space as well. So one of the big trends that we've seen uh, in the last five years has really gone away from a traditional, hey, I got a big piece of iron hardware that can make we can make into a server and I'll pop it into a space in a data center. And more people have actually gone away from that physical and they've started going into the virtual. So yeah. we've so virtual servers, right? That's the yeah. new thing. Yeah, Definitely. So for, for the folks at home, could you expand a little bit more on what virtual servers, what they what they are and what they do for the, us in terms of da- energy savings? I think I saw that on Tron. Yeah, actually, you have to have a special pair of glasses to use the servers. Oh, <laughs> okay. So it's a no. server you can only see with 3D go, glasses. Go no. <laughs> okay. No, seriously, we've uh, on campus really seen an explosion of, of virtual server use. In fact, I think it's pretty safe to say that we've had over 2,000 servers actually taken out of use or prevented from going into use, and have, they've gone virtual. So what that means is, you know, for every 10 servers we take out of of use on campus, there's really only one physical server anymore, and we're just leveraging it a little bit better with software. So there's a couple of manufacturers out there that really put a lot of effort into virtualization, and yeah. so they've really kind of helped with that. And before we get to those manufacturers, oh, yes. we'd like to just briefly go over our, our three disclaimers, because we do have three disclaimers that we like to read on the radio, and they go something like this. Number one, the opinions expressed on this program do not reflect the views of WSUM, the University of Wisconsin-Madison, or its Board of Regents. Number two, the products and 
and services provided by the Division of Information Technology, also known as DOIT, and other university departments as well as drawings and giveaways may only be available to students, faculty, and staff, or those affiliated with currently affiliated with UW-Madison. And our third and final disclaimer is participants of this broadcast may offer opinions or recommendations. However, they do not endorse, nor has any consideration been provided on behalf of the products or services discussed. And the reason we say that is because there's a couple of particular vendors that we end up using, right? Yes, there is. So uh, VMware, Parallels, Citrix, uh, Citrix yeah. uh, and, and Microsoft has some technology. Right. And, and what that allows you to do is basically take a whole bunch of servers, which may not be busy all the time, and consolidate it into one maybe slightly larger server or maybe a, a rack of servers that you sort of parcel out to a bunch of different people, right? Definitely. Think about taking 10 physical things and smushing them all together into one, and now you can run everything in that one space. That reminds me of my lunch. <laughs> <laughs> At least that's what, that's what my fiancé would say. Why do you have so many things in your sandwich? Well, it's a virtual sandwich, you know, I'm using virtualization to uh, expand my uh, hunger hungriness quota. Oh, nice. But no, uh, is that the same? Those are the same types of software that is uh, used in, um, uh, like, say, for instance, you know, you wanted to have uh, uh, Windows on your Mac. You could use Parallels for that, that kind of thing. Is that that's similar, right? Exactly, yeah. Parallels and Fusion are the two biggies uh, in the uh, Windows or in the Mac area as far as being able to do that virtual Windows environment if you want to live in both spaces. So that's what you can do on a desktop. Right, so for the folks at home, instead of, you know, if you have to decide whether you're going to run the Mac operating system or maybe have two computers, you can have basically two computers in have one. Have both. Yeah, absolutely. So, so, so you, both you're, you're helping to save energy, too. Yep. You're so. listening to Do It Live right now on WSUM 91.7 FM, The Snake on the Lake. We're here with Chris Hopp. He's part of the campus and Do It Green IT team. We're here to talk technology. Um, you can give us a call right now if you want at 608-515-8768. 608-515-8768. We're looking to play Stump the Geek today, right, Ty? That's right. So if you have a question that uh, that you think we can't answer at all. You say, ah, this is too nerdy. It's too time. hard. It's too hard. He'll never know. <laughs> he doesn't have Google search in that radio station. Those no, nerdy guys, they not. don't know. So, yeah, call us up and try to stump us. And if you can stump us, uh, you will receive a 25 Dolores gift certificate for a vendor. A vendor of uh, unspecified origin. Of unspecified origin. But it's, uh, you know, if you are a geek like us and you have a caffeine fix... This may fix your caffeine fix. Mm. Uh, so, mm. yeah, give us a call or shoot us an email, radio at doit.wist.edu. That's radio at doit.wist.edu. Uh, or you, if you don't have a question, you can uh, suggest a future show topic, and we'll also you know, put you in consideration for one of those awesome, awesome gift cards. Yes, indeed. Yeah. So, Chris. Well, let me warm you up, Ty. Yeah. So what is the oldest green IT device out there? Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, oldest green IT device. Uh, let me see. I think that would be, um, oh, I know. It's, it's the, uh, uh, it's the hand glove for the abacus to keep your hand from heating up too much. Is, is that correct? That, that is very close. Oh. oh. <laughs> too bad. No, come on. 2,500 years I, I, ago. I, I, I oh, got you want it. The switch? The switch. The clapper? What? <laughs> the clapper. Clap on. Clap on. Clap on. <laughs> No, the abacus. Oh, I mean, how how green itself. IT can you get? Reusable. Wow, doesn't I like use that. any power. I was pretty close. If you yeah. want it, if you want a heated model, you leave it in the sun. <laughs> it's solar powered. It's, it's solar also powered. That's right. It's powered solar. Well. 
power. Speaking of solar power, did you guys see that new keyboard that Logitech's coming out with? No. no. They're coming out with a solar-powered keyboard Whoa. that I think the, the tech store is actually going to carry at some point here when they, when they finally launch it. Yeah, the one thing that I got at that tech store actually this week, and we were going to do Awesome or Lame, but we have so many guests we couldn't do that, um, is a, a charger for your iPhone or your iPod, which is solar. It's a, a little solar panel, and it's got a little battery in it. So if you leave it in your car for a few days, you can charge up the battery, and then you can charge up your iPod with it. But it's really cool, and it's you know uh, definitely under $100, uh, far under $100. Sounds and, like it. And it's very, very cool. I don't know. You know, that seems fundamentally flawed for like the real hardcore nerds like me, you know, who kind of like live in the basement, no windows. Um, Ner- nerds are allergic to the sun, don't yeah. they know yeah, that? Yeah, what would Neo do? We can't, we we can't do. spend all day outside. Whoa. I drive a car. Do you car. know what would happen? <laughs> We would actually look like normal people. It'd be insane. Oh. <laughs> well, first we'd all be bright red. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so that that wouldn't bode well. And what about our devices overheating? Yeah, that's true. We don't want our iPad bursting in the flame. No. But you know, I wonder if they would have something like that. In, you know, in the future, I always see people walking around with their cell phones out, like walking around. Uh, texting each other while they're walking to class or something. I wonder if they put photosensitive cells in, like, a a phone or an iPad Mm -hmm. touch or, you know, uh, iPhone or an iPad touch phone. I once saw a guy (laughs) with a solar vest on walking around campus. A solar vest. So it's attached to your (laughs) backpack or something like that, and... I, I, I can't even imagine. Yeah, what, I maybe, guess you're charging everything in your pocket. Maybe right? he was a fan of Birdman. You know? <laughs> He'd have to fly close to the sun to get his power or whatever. Sorry, nerd joke. Extreme nerd, nerd joke. Nerd joke. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, all right. So, what else? Uh, what other initiatives do you have, Chris? Well, that's a great point. You know, the red, white, and green team had put together a list of 15 tips you guys can do at a personal level uh, and actually help you with your green IT uh, impact on campus. And while I'm not going to read all 15, I think you can go to the uh, cio.wis.edu site slash green IT and actually see some of them. But I did want to list the top three things that you can do to, at a personal level, impact energy use and computing. And the first one is just turn off your devices whenever you can. And that seems like a no-brainer, but it's amazing how many people leave their stuff on overnight in their office, and they may or may not have to do that. Right, so obviously with your cell phone, I mean, that's one of those devices by, by nature you would want to keep it on just so that it serves its purpose. But for other things like your computer, if you just leave it at home and you, you go run some errands or you go to sleep at night, there's no reason it needs to stay on It's not, unless it's doing something in particular, but you can go ahead and shut it down. Exactly. It's even worse than vampire power. Nice. I want to suck your walks. <laughs> it's very tasty. All right, folks. Oh, um, he's got two more. Oh, I got two more. The first one is so interesting. I always do this to our guests. I tell you. Yeah, okay, I tell you. Go, we've got so, two more. You know, another one that you can do is the longer you can use any type of computing device, the better off you are. Because over 70% of the energy use that a device will ever use is actually used in the manufacture of that device. So you, you, we're at the end of that life cycle, right? So we don't really use a lot of the power that the device is going to use in its lifetime. It's actually in the making of it. So if you can keep a device longer, mm-hmm. um, so if you have a two-year I, two-year-old iPod instead of buying it right another one right away, you, you keep it another year. You're just lengthening out the the carbon footprint of that device, mm. if you will. I have a four and a half year old iPod. Right. That thing's hanging on. <laughs> my, my, it's, my, it's almost dead, though. My I think Windows I've computer s- at home is probably like six, seven years old by now. You, you know, still I've running ninety seven. 
I've always wondered about, you know, they say dog years, like uh, one human year is, used, is, is equal to oh, seven no, dog I think, years. I think I got it. I think it's it's about yeah. 15 years per human year for, for technology, technology devices. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah. So we'll call it tech years. You heard it, heard it here first on Do It Live. Years. Tech we years. We have coined the term tech years. Uh, please send checks payable to Ty Christian. <laughs> Neologisms are <laughs> abounding right here. Yeah. So the last thing, and then we can move on. So uh, really, the big thing that uses up a lot of energy and a lot of consumption of other resources is printing, right? So how many of us have a, a printer at home that we use? I right do. here. Uh, Actually, I don't. Oh, you good don't. for you. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, Try impressive. to keep things as paperless as possible. Very good. So, you know, that's the big kick, right? So our UW-Green Bay was even highlighted last year for their use of eco fonts within their printing right, environment. Right, they printed stuff with a different font which took up less space and less toner. Exactly, exactly. They think they saved six figures on ink toner on campus alone. Really? Yeah, isn't that crazy? Wow. That's nuts. So, you know, the, the real rub of it, though, is, is try not to print. You know, mm -hmm. so one of the things that a lot of these font type of comparisons show is you know, a couple of them are more readable than others. They're not necessarily the less ink ones, but like Calibri, which is a, a font that's by default, it's easy to read on the screen. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't make you print it. So oh, I suppose, try, you try can... to do stuff in a font you can read. Mm, very yeah. interesting. Yes. So Anyhow, um, we're here at Do It Live. <laughs> having fun times in the studio right here. Um, if you do want to join us, there are 16 different ways. You can find them all on our website. It's www.doit.wist.edu slash radio. Give us a call right now. You try stump any of the geeks in the studio if you want. 608-515-8768 gets you right in here. And we are going to take a little break, and hopefully we'll find somebody who wants to try and stump us, and we'll be back right after this. to me The damage is much deeper than you'll ever see Hit me like a hammer to my head I wonder where you pushed or where you led Why did you do it? Why did you do that thing to me? Why did you do it? Why did you do that thing to me? The only one who knows the truth Man, that's him, me and you My friends, they listen to the things I say They listen and they hear more every day Stand it because it was no accident you planned it. Why did you do it? Why did you do that thing to me? Why did you do it? Why did you do that thing to me? The only one who knows the truth. That's him, me, and you. One, two.
That's a bullfrog. What's that? A cicada. That's an owl. Wait, what's that? Oh, the camp town ladies sing this song. Do-da, I think that's a donkey. The swamp town mud hole stinks so strong. Oh, da do da oh. Shrek. Hey, kids. Hi. That little cicada bug's got nothing on me, right? <laughs> donkey, give the children a little space. Oh, they got plenty of space, Shrek. Wide open forest space. Why are you always telling me to calm down and be quiet? Give them space. <laughs> do I talk too much? I'm real good at being quiet. I'm quiet right there. Quiet again. Donkey quiet. Snail quiet. Turtle quiet. Get out and explore nature. You never know what you might find. To learn more about all the fun you outdoors, go to discovertheforest.org. That's discovertheforest.org. This message brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. So, kids, you know some consider slugs a delicacy. <gasps> Ew! Everybody's doing all right. We're still uh, here in studio with Chris Hopp and Teresa Saldana, Ty Christian, myself, Adam Wiesenforth, and Sandy Cyberlick, our awesome producer, is of course here as well. So who's constantly giving us thumbs up? Every <laughs> <That's time>. right. <laughs> so uh, Teresa, I, th- I think we have some breaking news, right? Yes. So there is a company called Light Squared that is working on building a nationwide broadband network. Yeah. And they're running into a little bit of controversy because the uh, the airwaves that they've decided to use for it are very close to those of GPS. And they're looking to put out yeah. a, a high-powered network, and GPS, unfortunately, is a very low-powered network. And they're, the folks... <coughs> That, uh, that create GPS devices are concerned that this new broadband network is going to override their network and thus take down GPS capabilities all over the country. So that people's uh, Garmin's or whatever things in the car, Tom Tom's, that they have in the car... Yeah. may not find where satellites are, may not be directing you to the right place, might be directing you to the wrong place. Turn Correct. left into field. <laughs> and and I've heard something similar. We're not even talking just about cars. We're talking about airplanes, too. Yeah. Airplanes and, use this technology. So do boats. Boats use GPS a mm-hmm. lot. And I've been hearing grumblings, too, that the new 4G cell phones, what's known as LTE or long-term evolution, the new cell phones might also have some similar problems with GPS. I don't know if that's the case, but uh, I've been hearing such rumors around. So anyhow, thanks very much for the news update, Teresa. Oh, sure. No problem. So Chris Hopp, still in studio with us. How are you doing, sir? Oh, good. Hey, so uh, we were talking about printing before we went to break a little bit. What's better, inkjet or laser? Well, that's a good question. You know, it depends on your use, right? So if you have a central uh, network printer that everyone's using, inkjet probably isn't going to be your uh, best bet because of all the ink that you use, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So if you have a lot of high volume printing, something like laser laser is definitely the way to go. But inkjet for personal printing is actually better when you just do a couple of page run for something because you're actually using less power per page. Right, um, because laser jets have to warm up for quite some time. It's like heating up like the Death Star. But, <laughs> but... I wish you would play the, 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 the song when it was heating up. It's time to print, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> You're bad at doing that. Yeah. I, was, I, I wasn't prepared to do that. I'm sorry. That was awful. Awful. 
that's, so that's, that's, t- that's, that's my that's my fail for today yeah there so anyway printing right so the problem with inkjet printing though is is it, it you mean that means you have a printer on your desk probably right yeah and that's not as exactly as efficient as you could be for a group or department you know having more of a central printer actually is better overall environmentally between uh, using less energy overall because of the print load that people will be driving to it but also there's the there's the logic that if you have to print somewhere else, you may decide not to print it. Mm-hmm. When you print right next to your desk, you're probably likely to just print it off and then you throw it in the garbage after you've done reading something, right? And, and then you print like seven drafts yes. of whatever you're yes. doing without mm-hmm. thinking about it. Speaking of drafts, do you know that most printing settings have a draft option that you can choose to use? And it never seems to be the default for anyone. Mm. Yeah. Unfortunate. I don't, I don't think I've ever used that draft. I mean, I've seen it and I've tried it once and I'm like, oh, this doesn't look good at all. And then yeah. you, you put it on the you know regular settings instead and it, it saves ink quite a, a bit of ink yep and energy if it's a laser printer so just think food for thought mm, interesting so are there other quick tips you can give to somebody that they could just incorporate into their everyday life to try and save energy or be more green obviously if your electronics are starting to die uh, or if they're just not up to par in what you need them to do. You could, if they're still working, donate them to an organization or a school, right? Definitely. Great segue. You know, the whole, there's a lot of recycling options you have on campus here. And I think, Teresa, you know one that we have at Do It, right? Yeah, so Do It has a recycling program, and you can bring any of your devices down to the walk-in help desk, and the folks there can assist you with taking in uh, your devices, and we set them in the back in a secure area, and then we wind, we ship them off to be recycled. Now, yeah. I believe the company that we send them to, I don't, I'm not sure Chris, who it do you is, know where that yeah, goes? Yeah, you know, there, there's a company out of Janesville that we use, and there was a good reason we picked them. Okay, well, <laughs> uh, we do know that for the recycling program that they have, that they do not send the materials out of the country, which is a big thing. Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a huge thing. If, if you want an example of why, you know, recycling companies should not send uh, stuff out of the country. Just go to Google. Um, type in "60 minutes the wasteland." Oh, it's an off. I saw that yeah. story. You'll, you'll come up with Oof. it's about a 15 minute long video about a 60 minute uh, vid- 60 minute documentary kind of thing that they did um, on 60 minutes. I didn't mean to say 60 minute f- 15 minute documentary. No, it's, it, uh, it was on 60 minutes was news on, magazine. There you go. Thank you. But it's basically about a recycling company or you know mul- multiple recycling companies that send off. This you know green, uh, they they say they're recycling it in a green way, but they're sending it off to China, um, to this one city I believe it's called Quanjiang. I'm probably butchering the pronunciation, mm-hmm. but um, but in the city itself, um, seven out of ten kids uh, they say have like too much lead uh, in their in their blood, um, and the rate of cancer is just astronomical. Something like eighty percent of people living there have cancer. Um, and they actually oh. melt down the boards, uh, the the old system boards and stuff, by hand. Yeah, just they, they have fires burning in barrels, and Whoa. it's just awful. Yeah, it, it's you know the 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 water's all black and brown, and it's just, so you know definitely not a, a good place to be. And, and so not all recycling programs are created equal. Yeah, exactly. And the one that we picked 
we, we wanted to make sure that they were not doing those sorts of things exactly. and that they are recycling all of this stuff responsibly. So go ahead, bring your stuff down to do it, and we'll get it recycled for you. Yeah, and you can also bring it, uh, I think that's right, to the and do it. it's free of charge. I'd like to point that out. For, for students, faculty, staff, in. and other folks affiliated with the UW-Madison who are currently affiliated and have an ID and all that stuff, you can bring it down to the do it Center at 1210 West Dayton Street. Indeed. And uh, we're open 8 to 5, Monday through Friday. I should say the other the satellite locations do not accept recycling, so you're going to have to bring it to the main location. Yeah, agreed, agreed. So, uh, two last things, you yeah, know, tip what, wise, yeah. that you guys should think about when you're doing uh, green IT like thinking about your technology purchasing. So, the first thing is, is when you do get a new device, try to set your power management settings. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, that's yeah. one thing that is not done by default on a lot of these devices. And uh, as Judy pointed out, uh, screensaver is not power saver. So, there's actually a great article up on the do it KB or the campus KB actually uh, about activating your power management settings both on a Windows system or on a Mac system so you should definitely go out there and check that out and follow the directions and that'll definitely get your usage of a device um, hopefully reduced and you had you do today. and you had one more tip yeah, for one us more, yeah so I'd be remiss in telling you that there's a lot of things that you can do and uh, uh, at the do it tech store to actually find products that's greener than some others and in fact we yeah. actually tag all the parts in the tech store yeah I actually well, that's, yeah that's I right we I do got, don't I, we <laughs> I got some batteries at the tech store that they uh, y- you can just pull the top off and they recharge over USB yeah. So you oh, don't wow. have to have a little charger. They're just little USB batteries. So you just pop the top off, hook it into your computer, charge it up for a couple hours, pop it back into your wireless mouse. And thinking of that, you know, Earth Day is actually coming up here on April 22nd. That's right. I was right? going to say Earth Day is around the corner. So obviously you'll probably be seeing a lot of things posted in the papers and, and such, but there is one thing that's going on if, to help promote recycling on campus. There is a, a laptop sleeve vendor that's saying if you bring in – 10 clean plastic bottles, you get $10 off a computer sleeve, one of their computer sleeves. That's mm-hmm. awesome. In the That's store. So, so anyway. So save up your bottles, kids. Yes. And what, what is the website for the, uh, for the green IT movement? Uh, the green IT movement on campus is, again, red, white, and green, and it can be found at cio.wisc.edu slash green IT. cio.wisc.edu forward slash green IT. Everybody out there, put that in your bookmarks and be greener. So, uh, boy, geez, the hour's just about flown by here. I think we're just out of time. So uh, we've got some people we'd like to thank, and I think uh, Adam will like to thank them. Yes, indeed. We'd like to uh, special thanks go out to our management team at the Division of Information Technology. Perry Brunelli, Ryan Hansen, Edward Hoover, Brian Kister, Jack Leepak, Ty Leto, Neil Mack, uh, Edward Hoover, uh, sorry, uh, Mark Nessel, Brian Rust, and Bill Zimmerman. Our Director of User Services is Kathy O'Brien. Duet's Chief Operating Officer is John Krogman, and our Interim CIO and Vice Provost for Information Technology is Joanne Berg. Today's broadcast was produced by Ty Christian, Sandy Cyberlick, and Adam Wiesen. Farth. Our associate producers are Laura Grady, Teresa Saldana, and Nathan Cohen, with assistance from Dan Collins, Matthew Siriani, and the Nates, Harrison Weber, and Zastro. Our on-air producer and director of e-communications is Matt Rockwell, and our theme music is from Conan. The executive producer of Do It Live is Jesse LeGrew. Next week, we'll be talking to you about community simulations and possibly Ted Williams. No, really, we're not kidding. Tell us what you think on our website. Hit us up, www.doit.wist.edu slash radio. we got podcasts aplenty. We hope you have a great week. And we'll see you soon. Bye bye. You left me crying. He's about tomorrow and all the pain and sorrow running free. Cause I'm all just another day. And I don't believe in. Th- 
stand.